We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. It's your Tuesday, April 18th edition. If you are a loyal listener to this podcast, first of all, thank you. Second of all, you notice these are coming in just a little bit late. I've had a couple scheduling conflicts the last two nights uh, committed to doing some things. So these podcasts are getting sort of recorded the morning of here instead of the usual midnight release. We'll get back on that schedule tonight after we do a dueling mock draft show. Our second to last one of those. So we're getting close to the draft. If you paid attention, it's been an interesting 24 hours here. I try to keep you up to date on what has happened around Brown circles. Um, Just things of note here. The the Browns are actually seeking input for a new Dog Pound logo. So if you are an artist, you get the chance to um, design and submit a dog logo. And perhaps, uh, you know, you could have the midfield emblem someday if you're if you're a if your design is good enough. So submit those if you would like, or maybe even put them into some AI technology that's out there and maybe it spits out a really cool dog pound logo. I don't know, but it's out there and you can possibly do that if that's your sort of thing. The biggest news yesterday uh, quite clearly was the stadium rumor, right? We have nothing official on this, but for uh, I would say what's years now, there have been little pieces of information that have come out about a potential stadium, a dome, uh, you know, the reasons why a dome would be smart, right? And maybe moving locations of the stadium to other places, maybe off the lakefront. I think as those pieces of noise have come out, to me, it seems like it's settled on some sort of publicly funded stadium up near the lakefront, right? Uh, if not the same location, or a renovation is is the news that we have gathered recently here is that the Browns are potentially targeting a renovation of the current stadium, which is not unheard of to, to just renovate the stadium. Uh, and, and we don't mean minor renovations. We mean serious renovations, not like a scoreboard or something. Uh, there's potential to maybe even knock the whole thing down and start from scratch here. But with that renovation means that your team is going to have to potentially relocate for for an extended period of time 
whatever that time may be. So in that scenario, you know, you start thinking of where would the Browns go? Well, yesterday there was a lot of they could go to uh, Columbus, they could go to Canton, and, and there's a lot of different places, right? You might think the Browns need to, you know, sort of win back the state, and maybe Columbus is a good idea for a year or two, which would not be unprecedented, right? The Bears are the, I think the Bears are the most recent team to operate away from their stadium while it was renovated in 2003, I believe. Soldier Field was renovated, and the Bears played at uh, the University of Illinois, so in Champaign. They played their games there while that was renovated. Now, that was a singular year. I don't know what the Browns are looking at here time frame-wise, and I'm sure in the coming weeks and uh, potentially month or so, we'll, we'll get a bit more definite answer. Today, it seems that some of the stuff about Columbus is being refuted. People obviously connect Columbus to the Haslam's owning the Columbus crew, which they just built the brand new, which is a beautiful soccer facility or football facility, uh, lower.com field, which would be an awesome venue for football. It's just, it's small. The capacity's not very big. The same for Tom Benson Stadium in Canton, right? The, the capacity for those stadiums is nowhere near what you would like it to be, but you're operating in sort of a difficult situation here. And I think the NFL requires a minimum number of seats, but at this point, those number of seats would be met. I think at least would be met by most of those stadiums, but it would be on the low end. And I don't want to say direct figures of how many seats those stadiums have, but I know Lower.com does not have a ton of seats. But it is, like I said, a brand new, gorgeous facility to use. So, you know, most of the capacity numbers are hard to figure out when you're looking online. I think you're probably looking at something mid 20s. Uh, to to 30,000 same with Tom Benson Stadium there like I said in Canton so yeah I mean those are significantly lower than the Browns which push well past 50,000 into the 60 70,000 I'm not sure the Browns might be 80,000 some of you might know this information offhand but there's quite a few seats obviously now some people have mentioned like Ohio Stadium which is upwards of 100,000 um, but I don't know I the Columbus thing seems a little far-fetched to me especially with the sensitive nature of Cleveland's football team having left and the Browns not playing in Cleveland again it's not it listen it wouldn't be totally foreign but it would uh, it would certainly be a huge adjustment and and it's strange to me that they wouldn't build a dome here I just if you're going to relocate the team not relocate them but put them off to a different stadium for home games for a year possibly two uh, I think the suffering of that means you probably should be building a dome. I, I think it'd be a little crazy to me to not occupy that space to build a dome, which has so many more features that can be used outside of just, you know, good weather, right? You can, you know, concerts, there's a whole bunch of lucrative options there, hosting major college football, college basketball, stuff like that, that you would think a team organization city would be interested in. So we'll wait to hear final news on that. I don't think the, uh, Columbus stuff was well received by a lot of folks up in Cleveland, so you're seeing that uh, refuted pretty heavily today, and I'm not not surprised by that whatsoever. The only other piece of news that came out yesterday, which is on the sad side of things, really, really unfortunate side of things, is um, Chris Smith, former Browns defensive end, who was here 2019, uh, a nice player, rotational piece, has been with the Bengals, Ravens, several other teams in the NFL out of Arkansas, is uh, is unfortunately passed away, only 31 years old. There's no reasoning for what happened. I do know that his time in Cleveland, he had this uh, an unfortunate uh, accident where his girlfriend at the time was at the site of a crash, was or on the side of the road pulled over, I, ca- I cannot remember, was hit by another car. 
and she tragically passed away while he was here. So it it's really sad. He was a nice, from everything you gather, and I watched several interviews and I was heavily involved up there at the time, uh, going a little bit more to Berea. He was a really nice guy, loved by teammates, and, and just a really sad situation, sad story. So you never like to hear that, obviously, and a um, little bit sombering, if you will. So uh, rest in peace to Chris Smith, and thoughts go out to his family because that's that's a really challenging cycle of uh, losing a 31-year-old so young and a gifted player and a gifted, a gifted person from everything you gather, too. So shifting back to... Not anywhere near as important Brown stuff, but we did get uh, the numbers from Jack Duffin on the contract figure for Marquise Goodwin. Essentially, uh, the two years, uh, sorry, it's a single year deal with a 1.1 or 1.2 base salary, prorated bonus of 250000 per game bonus of 255000 So you're looking at a guaranteed number of 400000 for him with a 1.6 cap number for this year. So Again, you got a $400,000 price tag hanging there, guaranteed-wise, means he's more than likely going to make the roster unless something significant happens. Uh, You can expect to see for a single year here. We'll see if it goes past that. Marquise Goodwin, so that contract being out, and there there are some guarantees, and that maybe was what the haggle was about a little bit. Um, You know, $15,000 for each game he's active, which comes out to $255,000, like we said. So... Yeah, it's a it's a contract that indicates they expect him to make the roster. So that's that's all for Browns Nuggets. We're going to switch over real quick, take a break, and then come back, and I'm going to give you my five Browns big board edge players because it's a very important position for the Browns to get somebody at in the 23 draft. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So five edge players that are drawn to me that I think are the best fit, top of the board. I'll start with Isaiah Foskey. Now, if you look at Isaiah Foskey, he's got, just like you would expect, uh, based on all of these uh, pieces of information that come out in big boards from people who do these things, he's uh, 11th on the big board for Dane Brugler at The Athletic. So that's one uh, piece of study. Uh, 11th, so that puts him in the second, third round range. Uh, so that's uh, at least possible, semi-possible that he could be there. He's 13th with a, again, rounds 2-3 to three grade uh, from the folks over at Pro Football Focus. So that puts him in range. SIS a little lower on him 
than I would have expected. They put him at 22nd in the class. I don't see him being that low. He tested extremely well, and and to me is a guy who I think is getting a little bit, a little slept on far too much in my opinion compared to the player that I actually, I actually think he is because he tested extremely well, and he runs six five two sixty five. Uh, the arm length is 34, which is not, you'd like that to be a little better, but he ran extremely well, a 4.58, broad jump of 10.5, a 34 vertical jump. So there's some parts of his game that you like. I think he's probably best as a four, as, as a, a strong side edge and a four-man front, which is what we're looking for here. Uh, he did some two-point stuff in college at Notre Dame, but I think that's where he's best fit. He's probably against the run. I think he plays with really good hand fighting. Stout, with he's got some, you know, lower body isn't huge, but I think it's good enough. Uh, he's got tons of experience. He's played in plenty of games at Notre Dame and plenty of snaps. Good size, good durability, like I said. You know, you'll people will pick a bar, apart a little bit of the explosiveness stuff, but to me, again, what he can do first against the run and then developing some pass rush stuff, I think is a draw to me. So, he led Notre Dame the last two years in pass rush productivity, sacks of 11 the last two years, third-team All-American, first-team All-American the last two years. As I said, led the team in TFLs. He led uh, the FBS in forced fumbles in 21. Special teams guy will be uh, certainly a part of his game. Two blocked punts. He was a team captain. You guys know I prefer those types of guys. So, again, physical can play, can hold his anchor against offensive tackles, can can really maul tight ends, good play strength, can play from different angles, can be a tight, can be on the twist exchange stuff. I really like him. So Isaiah Foskey's probably at the top. I think he's gone by the time the Browns pick, but I, I'm very keen to, uh, if he's there, they'd be very interested in him as well because, again, you're talking about a guy who's uh, just 22 and a half, uh, maybe, again, not at the, the highest end of this thing because of age, but... When you mix in the traits, the size, the one four nine ten yard split in the forty yard dash, which is a metric the Browns clearly have some sort of uh, you know tilt toward when they're studying these guys, you can see a really really strong athlete here. So, yeah, Foskey's at the top of my list again. Not a perfect age fit, but there's a lot to like about him. So I think they'll be interested. Next up for me is USC's uh, really really powerful Tuli Tui Pelotu, who is. Uh, every bit of 6'3", 265, only 20 years of age, which is a, a fascinating part of what they're always looking for, young developmental players, a three-star recruit. So it wasn't really well-known, came in as a defensive tackle in the 2020 class to USC. But boy, did he put it together in 22. He was 13 and a half sacks, 22 tackles for loss, unanimous All-American, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, first-team All-Pac-12. Won all the awards that you could win. And, and I mean, there's a lot, a lot to like here. He played in 32 games, 30 starts. Uh, brother, multiple cousins in the NFL, USC. So uh, what you like about a thick frame, lower half is strong. Room for, I think, some improvement with his body. Defined muscle stuff can, can continue to happen for him. I think the twitchiness happens more um, in, 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 I think, encounters with offensive linemen you'd like it to be a little better as far as bending the corner but he has creative ways with a motor that runs red hot man to get after the quarterback that that stands out to me so I think I'd call him slippery more than anything else he's got a he's got a top end rip he's got some swipe moves he's put together some things but again to me like the twist exchange stuff finding creases 
I think that that's where he's best at. I, I see a strong side edge in a 4-3. I mean, some people probably think he's a little bit better at a 3-4, but um, his ability to rush a passer is best uh, to see the field on third downs. Uh, it, it, I think he's a three-down player because he's got young upside. He's so strong. I think he should be able to be fine against the run. I think he can t- continue to be developed. Um, there are some concerns about the twitch and get-off stuff. I get that. But I think the instincts, natural power, relentless effort stuff is hard to coach, man. And I, I think he, he brings those things. Again, he's just 20 and a half. He'll play 21 this year. And you know that that, that gives you a lot of room for a player to develop. And, and it's not like he wasn't productive in 21. The year before that, we had five and a half sacks. So he's figured out his way uh, to, to find things at a really young age, which is which is all very encouraging. So he's number 14 on Dane's big board which puts him in a third-round grade, number 75 overall, firmly, firmly entrenched in where the Browns will be. Obviously, I picked him in one of the ESPN mocks I did today. Tenth-ranked player at the position, according to Pro Football Focus. They give him a more second-round grade. They also have his weight significantly higher in in Pro Football Focus at 290. So I don't know if he was listed at 290. He did not play at 290, I don't think, and he he certainly didn't weigh in at that. But I want to know, too, that he has some interior flexibility, right? Um, but that, that's certainly worth noting. He played, uh, some snaps outside 486 outside, but he played 53 in the B gap, 10 in the A gap and 124 is sort of an inside four eye or wide shade te- or wide three tech technique. So he's got inside out versatility, which I think is certainly a valuable tool for him. That'll be used in his game. He's number 47 overall ranked in SIS 10th overall position rank. So they see him as a a uh, very talented young player, and I do as well. So I have him as number two on my Browns big board. Feels like he might not be there at 74, but if he is, I think the Browns will be extremely, even though he didn't test some of the, uh, you know, anything really, he had a hamstring issue, I still think there's enough tape to feel really good about him and some of the auxiliary stuff, such as the age and all that, point in a direction of a player you'd like to take. So that's a Tui Tui Pelotu, who is number two on my Browns big board. Switching over to number three now, we have a hybrid, an interesting player, who uh, Corey Kennan, you know I respect a ton compared to Frankie Louvu, who's probably a name you don't know much about. He's down in Carolina, but a really good hybrid player. That's Nick Herbig. Now, much like a similar Wisconsin guy, Herbig is an edge in college, but some people predict that he might slide back and play off-ball linebacker. Again, Joe Schobert comes to mind when you look at this. But again, if you look at like Louvu and you look at Schobert, Herbig is a far superior pass rusher at the college level with a very refined approach. And what's interesting to me is that he would be a significantly better athlete, a better relative athletic score than both of those guys. So he's actually a ton of fun. His first step explosion is what really stands out. Now he comes from a three, four. And again, he was a primarily used as a pass rusher, occasionally dropped back into short, like curl flat coverage, some different various things, but he was a consistent starter, nine sacks, uh, last year, uh, the year before last, sorry, 21, 22, he had 11 sacks, played in 31 total games, three-year starter at Wisconsin. Uh, again, a lot of stuff to really like here. He's he's uh, perfect for the age range, right? 21 and a half currently. The second-team All-American last year, first-team All-Big Ten, led the team in forced fumbles with two. He, um, he had, like I said, led the team in TFLs. Even though he missed two games, he had a knee issue and, a, and he missed the bowl game. Four passes defended back in 21 when he was honorable mention all Big Ten. Led the team in forced fumbles and sacks again with nine. So, again, 
Herbig is interesting. 6'2", 240, he's undersized, but he's extremely talented as far as getting off the, the ball and getting after the quarterback, right? So he's a he's, he lacks in power, but I think he certainly makes up for it in athleticism. He's got twitchiness. He can beat offensive tackles with speed. Uh, he has a cross-chop knife inside. He can use some different pass rush moves in there. And he's got some counters to try to disengage from blockers, too. So lack of length, lack of strength, but what he makes up for that, he can get inside of the chest of of tackles, and then he's able to use some different various moves uh, and, and, and pile those on top of the speed stuff, which is uh, what's really impressive. So it's not like he's a massive run game liability or anything. I think he plays with good leverage at the point of attack. He wins against tight ends. Now, can he handle tackles at the off, at the NFL level? That's where things get pretty dicey, right? He's not a very big guy, doesn't have a ton of length. He'd have to be creative, and that's what guys like Luvu do. I don't know if he ends up being a 3-4 edge or like a Sam, a walk-up Sam, but you can get really creative with him in a defense. He's suited to rush off the edge. Any predictable stand-up situation on third downs, things like that, he can be used in coverage. I'll be curious to see if a team moves him more off-ball like Schobert or Luvu, like I said, and gets creative with him, but he's one of the best pass rushers, period, if you call him a linebacker. Uh, but I think there's defensive end potential here if you can even bulk him up a little bit. He is... So this is where it gets interesting. Dane Brugler ranks him as the fifth-ranked linebacker in his guide, gives him... A uh, third-round grade, he's the number 79 prospect, so again, right around the Browns. Pro Football Focus ranks him as the 11th-ranked linebacker, uh, a second- or third-round grade for him. So, again, uh, played outside the tackle every single snap uh, this past year. So that's their uh, regard. SIS gives him a um, position rank of 14, but they give him an edge spot, right? They, that's where they put him at not at linebacker so we'll see what some team wants to do with him some of the hybrid stuff some of the tweener stuff could cause him to slide down boards I think if the Browns get him they're getting a really really good football player so that's third ranked Nick Herbig for me uh, fourth ranked will be a player out of Auburn uh, named Derek Hall if you have not heard of Derek Hall boys are a lot to like I think he's a really good football player he fits a lot of what the Browns are looking for as he checks in six uh, about six three six two and a half 254. He's a 20, just over 22 years old, so he just turned that direction. Uh, came in uh, extremely, extremely impressive high school athlete. Uh, you know, he was a high GPA guy in high school, four-star recruit, eighth-ranked weak side defensive end in the 2019 recruiting class, and uh, you know, obviously has done really well for himself. Second team All SEC in 2021 with tw nine sacks, led the team. TFLs and sacks did the same thing again as a team captain in 22, where he had 12 tackles for loss, seven sacks, two forced fumbles, a pass defended, and an interception. He is uh, an impressive athlete, too, a 4.55 40-yard dash. So the explosion speed stand out in terms of the testing numbers that you like to see. Uh, his arm length, 34 and a half, is great. Broad jump of 10.7. His total RAS, or uh, relative athletic score, stands out. Not great in the size part of it, but again, he's a very muscled up frame. Uh, he's really, lack of a better term, brick shithouse. Very strong football player, but you, you know, you mix the 40 yard dash, arm length, hand size at 10, uh, shuttle uh, 4.2. He ran at his pro day is three cone 7.23. You get a 9.4 relative athletic score, which tells you a lot of what you need to know about can this guy play, right? So, uh, what you like about him can play 3 4, can play 4 3. Uh, sufficient pass rush repertoire, which I think stands out uh, as a guy who has strong enough hands, ability to set that edge. 
He needs to expand what he does in pass rush, how he counters some things. But I think the high motor, relentless energy stuff is what you like to see on him. Uh, certainly can be a special teams guy, can be a rotational part of your edge. A lot of things to like there. So Hall's got a bit of a mixed review. He's number 10 on Dane Brugler's big board, which puts him uh, squarely in a second, third round grade overall. He puts him number 52 overall. Uh, he is put at, uh, he's pretty far down, number 16 on PFF's uh, ratings here. And, and that's largely because of a 71.2 uh, PFF grade in 2022. And then he's the 20th ranked position player at uh, defensive end through SIS. So Dane Brugler is a little bit higher on him. I find myself to be a little bit higher on him. I think around pick 98 or pick 111 is what stands out to me. But again, Dane has him as his 58th overall player. So again, Derek Hall checks in at number four for me. Auburn, fun football player, could be a nice, really nice part of a rotational edge group that has diverse skill set. And again, you want those guys who are rotating in, coming off the bench, and maybe potentially taking a role where they are relentless, and he is a relentless football player. Attack, attack, attack. Can do a bunch of different things, and he can certainly set that edge in the run game. So he is of interest. Derek Hall, that's one R, D-E-R-I-C-K. Derek Hall checks in number four. Next is a player you're probably pretty familiar with if you're from Ohio, and that's Zach Harrison. So, again, you're looking at, like, where can we find some value edge players? Zach Harrison stands out to me. Um, you know, the thing which you're doing with Harrison is – you're picking based on tools, right? And that's something that obviously I like to try to angle myself around here is can I find a guy who has who has tools? Because you don't find guys six five and a half, two seventy five at the age of twenty one coming into the draft who are potentially uh, guys that are there ninety eight one eleven. With Harrison, you know he grew up in Columbus. He was a huge recruit. There was a huge Ohio State Michigan battle for him. Uh, trying to figure out where he would go. He settled on Ohio State. He was the number two strong side edge in the 2019 class. He chose his Ohio State over all the big schools. Um, he ended up settling it over Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. So not the production you want, right? He only had four sacks in 21. He only had three and a half in 22. Third team all, well, I mean, three straight years. Second team all Big Ten. Third team all Big Ten. A team captain as a junior. And then again, a team captain is a senior second team All Big Ten. He's long legged, but he's stiff, right? He's got a very long frame. He doesn't necessarily have that dip or wrap the corner stuff as well as you would hope he would. But can he develop some of those things? I don't know. He's still young. Can he find ways to counteract some of the stuff that doesn't come natural to him from an ankle flexion standpoint? Uh, per perhaps. I think he plays a little bit high at times, uh, late to anticipate some things. But when you when you counter in the freaky height, weight, speed athlete, you're talking about 36 and a quarter arms, wingspan of 85 and a half inches. Can you mold this player, right? He's a dream for a defensive line coach to mold this player because he creates leverage. I think when he figures out how to play, the height to play, and when he flashes that, he's he's up under people all the time. The speed to power stuff is where he wins. He moves well laterally to work up and down the line for different concepts of defense, right? Certainly with the twist stuff that he can do. Um, he can play inside a little bit if you want him to play inside. He's like they said, that length allows him to you know, stack and shed people uh, inside and use those arms to keep people off of him. But you know, he's got nine passes defended over the last two years. Uh, good ball production, right? Which is crazy. Those long arms play a factor for him and a part of why he has experience playing inside-outside over the defensive end is 
you can do a bunch of different things with him. So it's a frame thing, right? So he's just a project of can we mold this guy into something that we can use? And I think that the, the traits he brings are rare in the size factor where if he was able to bend the corner a bit quicker, you're talking about a player who's a first-round guy. Uh, I just think there's a lot there, right? He's kind of quiet-guarded if you've, if you've ever heard him talk. He seems to have opened up more over the years, but overall a pretty fun a pretty fun piece of moldable clay as a defensive end at a young age, which makes him all the more appealing. So Zach Harrison, again, if you're looking sort of like value spot, right? 98-111, even potentially, it's hard to see him with that frame and all the tools he brings to the table, sliding to 126, but certainly an appealing football player. Uh, you know, found in the 20s of some position rankings, found, like I said, Dane Brugler has him up at 13th in his position rankings with a third-round grade. This is a weird class. I've continued to say it of value, so we'll see where Zach Harrison ends up, but a, a lot to like there, right? A lot to like. So uh, a five again, Isaiah Foskey, Notre Dame, Tuli, Tuipilotu from USC, Nick Herbig out of Wisconsin, Derek Hall out of Auburn, and then Zach Harrison out of Ohio State. There are so many guys to like in this edge class, just trying to sort of pin down uh, those types that you would like most at that spot with age and all of the other factors are uh, certainly interesting. Isaiah McGuire is my, my, my closest honorable mention. He's the third, fourth round grade from Dane, 21 and uh, three quarters. He's out of Missouri, 6'4", 270. If you like Harrison, I could certainly see swapping Harrison and McGuire. I think he's a lot of fun. He is a strong point of attack football player uh, who, uh, again, Pro Football Focus has him ranked currently on their board as the 14th ranked player at the edge position. So they have him higher. I think that that's like five a and five B for me with Harrison and McGuire fun football players uh, who uh, similar size, right? Similar length. I think those two are a little bit interchangeable there. You're just picking which one you like more on tape. SIS currently has uh, McGuire a little bit below Harrison. So it's again, pick your, pick your flavor sort of thing there with those guys, but I wanted to mention Isaiah McGuire as an honorable mention. So that's my five Browns big board defensive in prospects. We'll come back tomorrow with defensive tackle prospects on top of the weekly dueling mock draft Twitch show. So you'll get both of those as we're getting, like I said, toward crunch time and have to cover some more positions pretty quickly here. So thanks for stopping by today. Uh, we'll have uh, some other voices on tomorrow's show, obviously with uh, the live Twitch stream. So uh, you'll hear some other people finally uh, is finding guests right now a little bit tricky. People are pretty busy this time of year. So anyway, appreciate you guys stopping by on this Tuesday. Thanks for reviewing, rating the podcast. Always means a lot to me. Uh, helps a ton with uh, getting people to find this show. And you guys have been really nice with that lately. So big thanks to those of you who have done that lately. It means a lot to me. Again, have a great Tuesday, everybody. Catch me tomorrow on the OBR Film Breakdown. Go Browns. <laughs>